This is Puck Year, New Zealand's hockey podcast with hosts Logan Swinkles and Joe Jury, bringing you the best stories and interviews from down under. Hey guys, this week on Puck Year, it's all about women's hockey. Now the women's uh, New Zealand Women's Ice Hockey League season recently wrapped up for 2019 with the Southern Storm winning the championship and what has been an incredible bounce back season for them following three years without a win and in the process of doing that, they finally knocked the Auckland Steel off their perch. Now I feel like uh, with their victory, it's a real testament to how important it is to not give up on yourself and just keep grinding away. If you put the work in, the results will come and that that is exactly what has happened for the Storm. Now, I do wish that the Women's League got a bit more love and a bit more coverage, uh, and that includes better advertising. Uh, now, currently, there appears to be no official Facebook page for the NZWHL, just the team pages, but they actually do quite a lot um, to try and get the game going. They're on Instagram as well, which is awesome. Now, not being able to see the games in Auckland anymore, it means that, like many of you, I'm now relying heavily on live streaming. The gear is there. It's definitely available to them. Someone just needs to coordinate those efforts because it would do a lot of good towards providing the women's game with uh, some much needed and deserved exposure. I would I would definitely do it myself. And now, as you know, a lot of you know, I have done a lot of live streaming with the New Zealand uh, Ice Hockey League. I would do it myself. It's a little tricky when, uh, you know, you're here in New Zealand, uh, in uh, Sydney, sorry. Um, but shout out to the Otago Daily Times for doing a piece on the Southern Storm winning the Women's League. Uh, the ODT, they're big supporters of hockey in that region. And uh, I just think that's awesome. So this week, we're talking to two members of the Storm. Kelly Nelson, who ran away with the scoring title this year. Uh, 25 goals and, and 10 assists. That's 35 points in just 12 games. And also we've got head coach Angelique Mawson, uh, which is a name uh, listeners will probably recognize as she's been involved with New Zealand ice hockey for a long time and continues to work hard to progress the sport in our great country. But first up, let's bring in Minnesota native Kelly Nelson. Uh, Kelly, first of all, congrats on winning the NZWHL with the Sun and Storm and then winning the 2019 Kiwi Masters as well in the past weekend. You must be... Getting pretty good at drinking beer out of a trophy after this past couple of weeks. So good, except we didn't drink it out of the last trophy because it was a bit dirty. You can tell it was more of a men's tournament than a women's tournament. Our cup was clean. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I drank the beer out of the um, the bottle. Nice. Uh, and so, yeah, you were playing with the Wolves Farm Rams at the Masters. It seemed that was uh, stacked with some pretty big names that Stampede fans will uh, know and love, including... You know, Mike McRae, Matt Schneider, Brandon Lee, Jade Skipper, and my all-time favorite, Bert Haynes. So what was it like being the only female on a team like that? Oh, it was good. I mean, you don't even feel like um, like the only girl with that group. They're all very, um, they just treat you like one of the boys. Um, the only time it was quite great because they would say like when they're like, all right, all right, guys. And then they're like, and girl, <laughs> like just to make me feel more like included. But I'm like, oh, no, you can just call me one of the guys. That's fine. Nice. Um, yeah, it's fun at that pace, too, because it's a different level uh, than women's. Um, and it's just a different game in sorts. Is it uh, like obviously a quick adjustment for you jumping from the women's league to uh, the masters like that? 
Um, what's the transition period like there for you? Like, is it just like in one game you just you were in it already, or does it take a couple of games? Oh no, it was. I mean, um, lucky for me, none of these guys have played in like six months. <laughs> So, I mean, I should have been the best one out there, but I wasn't at all. Um, but I'm just saying, like, since I had a whole season under my belt and they probably haven't touched the ice in, what, five months, mm. I had a far um, advantage there. <laughs> so with a wild weekend playing hockey in Dunedin uh, with you boys, did you jump on a lime scooter and race around the parking lot like I saw a few of them do? Um, I did get on a lime scooter once and it was just to ride around the lot and figured it wasn't for me. But like uh, Ryan Lee was on it and Bert Haynes and they were riding like to and from the games. Um, and we just put their bags in the truck and to the lime scooters. I'd yeah. probably be out for out for the next few seasons if I tried to go any further than just the parking lot. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine lime scooters would do very well in Queenstown, all the hills and everything, but they're a lot of fun. <laughs> Oh, yes. Uh, it was funny because they have a video of Adam Sofer like tumbling down a hill on it. So that was the highlight of the weekend. <laughs> now, sure, by now, uh, listeners have picked up on your accent. So where are you from originally? I'm from Minnesota in the States. Um, call it the state of hockey or God's country, <laughs> one of the two. But yeah, right there. Um, born and raised. And what inspired you to you know make the move to Queenstown? Um, I lived in Australia like eight years ago and I've always wanted to get over here. Um, so finally just was like, oh, got to do it before I'm 30 or whatnot, booked a flight and um, to New Zealand and then just ended up in Queenstown uh, working for the ice rink because <laughs> Daniel, if you might know Danielle Justice um, or Danielle Strayer now, uh, she's going to be, she's an ice fern because she just got her citizenship. I knew her brother actually, he was a friend of mine in Minnesota and was playing, um, connected us via Facebook. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Yeah. It's a small world, a small yeah. hockey community too. So we were laughing about that, but <laughs> I got interviewed by uh, Ryan Strayer and I've been at the rink for the last two years now. <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to imagine uh, Ryan Strayer doing an interview. He's just all smiles all the time. Oh, it was hilarious. Like I, I've only met Ryan once cause they came to visit Minnesota and I was at like a boozy brunch with, um, the crew, like her brother and everything. And so when I came here, I didn't really know him and we get in the office and the Queenstown office isn't the biggest and it's kind of, um, before season, it's kind of a mess and he's pulling or Dan and Ted weren't able to make it. So Ryan's pulling like questions out of the garbage, like literal <laughs> garbage can. He had a, he had a paper that he threw away and he was just giggling the whole time. I ended up asking like the questions, <laughs> like I was interviewing him. He's like, you already have the job. <laughs> I was like, okay. Classic. But it was Classic. hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Working in Queenstown Ice Arena, um, that must be a blast because I mean, I, I know a lot of the crew there and it's just such an awesome bunch of people and they're all there because they all love the same thing. Yeah, it is great. And you get to know the locals a lot more than you would in any other job because um, all the hockey and figure skaters, they all tend to be here long term. So, Now, as someone that, who grew up in the state of hockey, how have you found uh, Queenstown's hockey scene and like, how would you compare the atmosphere at the Queenstown Ice Arena to, say, like the barns back home in Minnesota? 
Oh yeah. I actually think like for the area, we have a great atmosphere with ice hockey here. Like if you come to a, a sky city stampede game or any of the games we have, it's second to none. Um, uh, back home, there's, I mean, there's little things that you see, but it's also just cultural differences and just the way things are ran, um, are a little different, but the level, um, even from the past two years, what I have noticed has raised significantly, like with youth and everything. So that's always fun. <laughs> um, prior to like this most recent season with the, um, summer storm, they had, as you know, they've had a bit of a tough run. They went three straight years without a win but it seemed like the team was just full of confidence going into 2019. So what, what do you think changed there? Um, yeah. Cause I heard stories from the past seasons and how the like team dynamic was a little different and maybe wasn't as competitive. And I think this year with um, a lot of the girls who were new that came, not new to ice hockey, but like who came back after years um, off like Anna Goulding and Zanzi Pelik Jones. And, you know, we had like, Mini back in net and Coco Lund, who is um, a transplant from Canada. Uh, she also joined this season. So that was a big help. Um, also, just most of these girls are a little older as well. So it uh, gives the younger girls something to work. They work a little harder when they see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So now when just we a were, better team dynamic, I guess. Yeah. Um, and obviously, we'll be talking to your coach later. So I'm sure uh, Angelique will have a few things to say about that. As well. Uh, but when we were chatting earlier, um, before doing this interview, you mentioned how you told your sponsors that you're bringing a championship uh, back to Queenstown. So how stoked were those sponsors after you fully delivered on that promise? Oh, yeah. So my sponsor is Morrison's Irish Pub. Uh, you might know Adam Nagy. He's the loudest guy in the Queenstown Ice Arena uh, come the game nights. Well, that's and, that's debatable because there's also Bob. <laughs> yeah, true, true. I'm sorry, Bob. But yes. So um, Nagy actually played on Wolds Farm Rams in the QHL, just a, one of the leagues we have at the Ice Arena. And um, I went and talked to him about sponsorship. And I thought, uh, he, he told me, he gave me X amount of money. And he said, this is what I give the Stampede players. I don't see why you're any different. Nice. Which, to me, that just shows his type of character and his support for hockey. Because yeah. a lot of times, like, he knew he wouldn't get as much um, publicity um, sponsoring, like, the New Zealand Women's Ice Hockey League. But um, just to show, you know, he's like, I, I don't treat you any different than I treat the boys. You know, here you go. You're a great player. So... I still have to bring in all the trophies to Morrison's quite soon. I told him on a weekend off since I've been away every weekend playing hockey. So I expect me to be in there on Friday, maybe Saturday, maybe Sunday as well. <laughs> awesome. And yeah, all, that's awesome by you, Adam. Uh, that's so cool to see that, you know, there are people out there that do want to support um, women's hockey in New Zealand. Now this season you've been playing against and with a lot of the current Ice Ferns do you think the NZWHL is a good way for them to, you know, get match fit ahead of uh, the IIHF tournament? And, like, how intense are these games? I do, to be honest, um, coming into this season, because I like playing high-level games. It's a lot more fun for the athlete. And I didn't know if it was just going to be one of those, you know, where you just play and you're kind of like, uh, but it was intense. Um, the league was pretty competitive, and those Auckland games were very fun to play. Yeah. Um, going up against the girls. And I think for all the athletes, it, it helps prepare them for worlds and everything as well. Like the higher level. Yeah. I'm, I'm gutted. I'm really gutted that I missed it because being in Australia now, I definitely would have been there um, for all the Auckland games for sure. And 
sadly the games aren't live streamed, but hopefully next year they will be. Yeah, that, that would be fun. Um, and just to kind of watch back and see, you know, how your team performs and stuff. Because when you're in it, you kind of like black out in a way. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know what happened until after you're like, oh, yeah, you know. Now, look, because you've played, um, you've played college hockey and you've played in like Germany. So what is your what was your initial impression of the New Zealand League? And, you know, when you first came in? Um, I thought like I thought it was ran well. Um there's just some different things like with team, we're very structured with those like leagues in German, uh, the German teams and our, um, our college team. Like if we didn't have our warmups, if our shoes weren't, we had white Nike shoes. If they were even a speck dirty, we like basically got sat. So just kind of the, um, yeah, it was a little different. So it's a bit more relaxed in the Kiwi culture, but I thought we're, I mean, we still had our warm up shirts and everything and we did team warmups and that was good. So I was, it was better than just a beer league in terms of how it was managed and how the players actually took it real seriously. And I liked that. Yeah. No, I mean, I put on the Pakia Facebook, a poll uh, recently just to kind of see what the community feels about it. But uh, do you believe the scope is there to expand the league to a four or five team league, like say the NZWHL or the Australian women's league? So, yes, I would love to see that happen. Um, the only thing about that is you don't want to weaken the league, mm. right? Because it is to feed the New Zealand ice ferns and get them prepped for that um, that tournament. So you want it to be high caliber. Um, I think if we could get enough girls of the high level to play on all these teams, then yes, you know, add these if that makes sense, add these teams. But if you're tearing apart teams and then only filling it with players who might not be ready yet, who are still developing, um, it kind of weakens the level of play of it to be a national league. Yeah, no, I I get what you're saying. But um, one thing, uh, it might be different for me because I'm looking at this from an outside perspective. And by that, I mean, I'm in Australia, so I can only really judge by what I see on social media and, you know, talking to the players like yourself. But uh, the impression I got of the NZWHL this year is that it's a great league, but I get I feel, I feel like no one knows about it. Would you say that's, you know, kind of like a fair assessment? Oh, yes, 100%. Like, a lot of people didn't even know it existed for the most part. It was more just the small community. Um, I mean, our games were, some of our games were at, like, 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we would play, like, Friday night at at 7 p.m. We drive to Christchurch that day, play 7 p.m. and then go to bed and then wake up at like 4.45 for a 7 a.m. game. Wow. Um, And this, like, it's something you would never see in the men's league. Yeah. And I get they drive more revenue and everything to their games, but at the same time to give us a fair chance in terms of just getting our name out there, getting games at a time where more people will be amp to show do like gold coin donations or something fun about that yeah i mean yeah obviously like you're not competing with the men's league at the time because they don't start until may so and the women's league is very condensed it's all done within what like two months yeah we started mid-january and we're done what first weekend of march yeah so that's quite an intense little schedule yeah, games every, like I said, I was away every weekend, except one weekend we had off, which is why I haven't been into Morrison's yet. <laughs> <laughs> so but I'm ready. Yeah. yeah. So I guess 
I mean, I mean, personally, I would love to see it. Obviously, women's hockey grow. I think probably, well, obviously, you know, we don't need to model everything by what, you know, the men's league do. But I think probably for me, I reckon the first step is that um, if there's the players there, obviously, that's the first key thing is that we, you know, Southerners split to Queenstown and Dunedin. So Dunedin have their own team, Queenstown have their own team um, and then go from there. Yeah, no, no comment on that. Just because I mean, my you know, I like my team. I just had totally. this past season, but um, we are at the Queenstown Ice Arena looking to extend our season and be open year round. It's in the works, so Ooh. that could be something that also because there was the argument that we wouldn't have a rink to have a team. Yes, so that could be something in in the far future or whatnot. Maybe near future. I don't know. <laughs> um, Speaking of, because obviously yeah. Queenstown shuts down. Do you play in like the bowl hockey league in the summer? So, um, because I work here, I, so we don't have a league anymore. We just do drop-ins and like Strayer and Schneids and Steph Amston and Cam True, they always are here religiously. Well, when you're working here, Ryan put in the rule last year that if there's not two goalies, you have to dress as a goalie. (laughs) So I am in that just, yeah, closing my eyes and screaming at the top of the lungs every time someone shoots on me. (laughs) So not a goalie, huh? You know, oh, I'm not a goalie at all. I don't know how they do it. I always praise any goalie I'm ever on a team with, besides them being extremely weird mm-hmm. um, outside of <laughs> um, the team. They're just, yeah, it's just a different position, right? Yeah. And, um, yeah. I would love to get your kind of perspective because you, you know, being someone who's played overseas and you've come into uh, this environment, I guess, with like fresh eyes. So what do you reckon that the New Zealand Federation uh, or even like Puck here ourselves what do you reckon we could do to improve the profile and interest of women's hockey in this country? Um, yeah, so there's quite a lot. I think right now it's like a lot of people have said on the forum, it is extremely expensive, right, to play. But um, they do do the women's the women's uh, game every year. We do one of those here. Yeah. It's just the fact of growing it and putting an effort for it. Like the first year we were here, they had that um, international women's ice hockey day. Right. And we had people down for it, but they didn't let like not one person knew about it until like a day before. Right. So it's just the planning and to get that out there and the advertising for it. Cause if you're going to invest money in the ice time and doing it and bringing the coaches down, like why not get it out there and let these women know that it's happening? Yeah, totally. And, yeah. um, that's, yeah. that's, that's one thing I found. Cause like, I mean, I'll admit that I didn't even know the NZWHL was returning until the week prior the season started, uh, your goalie, uh, Jordan Witchman, uh, got in touch with me and was like, Hey, are you guys going to be covering our league? <laughs> oh, like, that's amazing. Good honor. <laughs> yeah. I was like, uh, yeah, thank you for bringing it to my attention because I didn't know it was coming back. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's one thing there is obviously the promotion. And I mean, that's where we kind of want to help as well. Um, just getting away from hockey a little bit while I was doing my research uh, ahead of this uh, podcast, I did find your modeling page. Oh God, that's so embarrassing. Hey? <laughs> and, <laughs> <Those> men- <photos. laughs> and it mentioned that you were in a visa commercial um, playing for like Team USA ice hockey. So can you, oh, tell- yeah. can you tell us a bit more about that experience? So we actually at the ice rink, I think it was two years ago, we had um, 
the Visa team come film. They had like scouts and stuff. So a lot of us local players came and we got to be on either Canada or USA. So like Minnie and Coco, a lot of the women, so like 10 women and the men's team were team Sweden mm-hmm. and they flew in Hillary Knight. Um, Whoa. cause she's, yeah, that's her, uh, sponsor. And so we did like a 10 to 13 hour, depending on what team you are shoot with her. Um, the commercial ended up airing and it wasn't even on it. None of us were in oh. it because it was like a collaboration of all the sports in the Winter Olympics. Yeah. And it was so funny how much like money and time and energy is put into this. And um, I think there was like maybe a, a second clip and it was just, you couldn't even really even see Hillary's face, but it was just her like stride. <laughs> Uh, I mean, hey, at least you, you can put in your bio that you were in an ad with Hillary Knight. Or at least, yeah. Oh, yeah. And playing for Team USA. I mean, dream come true for you, a, right? Yeah. Yeah. Next <laughs> up, it's hopefully the Ice Ferns, but that would be your scam. <laughs> <laughs> See, now that uh, that is my last question, actually. Uh, what What's next for you uh, in your hockey career? Are you hoping to become eligible so you can push for a spot on the Ice Ferns? I mean, yeah, I was talking to their coach the other weekend um, because she asked me like where I was at with my status. And um, I am currently working towards residency, say my visas all get approved. And then from there, but saying that I'm a little older than most of the girls, even though I don't look it. Um, But I mean, if you're playing in masters, you can kind of guess around what my age is. Uh, (laughs) I I have to admit, when you said you were playing the masters, I was like, do you qualify? I will take that compliment. (laughs) Yes. I I told Ryan, I used a fake ID um, to get in, but yeah, so that, I mean, that would be long-term goal. It's just, uh, I would definitely have to keep my fitness up and maybe get some training in uh, just because as you get older, you obviously feel the effect. I'm already feeling it (laughs) after five games, but you know, I'd want to, I'd want to do good and be eligible. So why not? <laughs> well, it, it didn't show. I mean, with the amount of points that you were racking up. So I wouldn't say age is a barrier for you yet. Not yet. Not yet. Angelique, thanks so much for taking the time to uh, talk to us on Puck Yet. Um, prior to this most recent season, uh, and again, congratulations for winning the NZWHL. <laughs> Uh, it's been a tough run for the Southern Storm, uh, but the team came into 2019 full of confidence. So as the coach, what do you think changed to make that all happen? Uh, I think the year before uh, we had a change in coaching staff. Um, I moved down from Christchurch and um, ended up taking on the team and just sort of spent a year looking at perhaps what was not working and what was working and uh, what was positive and and what needed sort of uh, improvement. And we had not a bad year last year. Like We had a couple of games that were one-goal games with the other teams, which was a massive improvement from previous years. Um, And we had a few players, uh, I guess, that hadn't been playing, sort of show interest after seeing those results and coming back to play this year. And we certainly uh, were able to make it work a little bit better for the Queenstown girls uh, the schedule being after Christmas as opposed to spread out over the uh, November to March, which it was before, worked better for them. Yeah. So it sort of enabled them to be able to play, which um, helped. Uh, we also saw a lot of the girls up at the Tekapo social tournament, women's tournament in August, and we sort of chatted to a few people there and uh, just sort of talked to them about what you know what we hope to bring to the table as coaches and managers and, and, and sort of welcoming them sort of in 
and they sort of showed an interest in playing. So it sort of all just came together at the right time, I guess. So how did it feel to finally kind of knock, you know, Auckland off its perch, so to speak? Well, I knocked them off a couple of years ago coaching Canterbury, so it's not the, <laughs> not the first radio. But uh, for, for me, it meant a whole lot more to be with this team to do it because they have had such a struggle. And there's been players involved in the team, um, to name a few, Kirsten Gherkin, Caitlin Orr, Kelly Cooper, um, and that's a few. And there's many, many more that I'll, I sort of can't think of offhand that have been there right through and, you know, worked so hard during those tough times. So it was really nice to be able to share that with them and especially Shelley Gherkin, the manager, who's been there right through to, to see the looks on their faces winning the first game. It was a massive um, uh, positive thing to see for them. Yeah, that's awesome. Um now, uh, how's the how's the standard of play developed and improved in the league from you know where, from where it began in 2014, 2015 to now? Um, it's been well, sort of the women's league. What's the league's only been around since then? Uh, the national champs has been around since uh, 1998, I think was the first one, which I happened to play in. And so there's always been a women's national event. It just used to be over one weekend, so mm. four games, and then obviously uh, went to a national league sort of following on the trend of the other leagues and the other age groups. Um, but I think what it has seen, and particularly as a coach, what I've seen the difference is that having the longer season over the four games, you're able to develop players and introduce players when other players are away, giving people more time, and it gets more people out on the ice and more girls get an opportunity to play at that level, yep. which I think is really important. Um, the league itself has, I think, developed quite a lot over the last five years. Um, teams go through growth periods where I think Canterbury's obviously having a bit of a regrowth period at the moment, and Southern certainly went through that as well. Uh, but Auckland in turn will go through it, I'm sure, at some point. But it's about developing the youth in the grade as well as in the younger grades to make sure that you've got players to fall back on as other pl- older players hmm. sort of naturally move on. Yeah. No, I um I asked Kelly this as well. Um, what do you think makes the NZWHL a good training ground for you know the national players to get match fit ahead of their respective uh, WHF tournaments coming up? Um, well, it's we've had lots of discussions about this actually just at the last weekend with the other coaches and managers of the teams, and there's lots of positives and negatives surrounding the timing of the league. Um, the positives are that they are playing and they're playing regular games leading up to going away to Worlds and also the under-18 girls going away at a similar time. Um, that's great. However, it is very close to them going away so often and the league was very condensed this year, which meant there was sort of a risk of injuries and, mm. and things happening directly before they're about to leave. So that's kind of the negative side of it, I guess. So they're, they're going to relook at the league format and see if um, there's a better way of doing things. Um, sort of that's going to be more positive. Yeah, because previously the league has sort of run a, a bit earlier than this. Was there like a reason behind it starting later this time around? Um, yeah, everyone kind of voted, the players voted to not run it over the whole summer because it can be quite difficult for those who work over summer and work, um, especially a lot of the Queensland players. A lot of girls work summer or away, you know, they're back in their hometowns from university, working over summer. So it becomes quite hard to get the weekends off. And it was very spread out because I think initially we had uh, sort of mid-November, a couple of rounds, and then you had to wait about another six to seven weeks before you played again. So it was a really stagnant part of the league where everyone's on holiday, they're not really doing anything, you can't get ice time, some of the rinks are closed. 
So, um, yeah, they voted, uh, everyone sort of voted at that point in the majority wanted to run it after uh, Christmas, which mm. I quite liked, but um, it doesn't work for everyone. And it meant that um, I think some teams are traveling every weekend. So there's always pluses and minuses. Yeah, yeah. I had noticed the schedule was pretty brutal being so condensed, but, yeah. um, you know, it's it's been a great a great season and I sort of tended the the discussion on the uh, Pakia Facebook page uh, recently about uh, the league actually expanding. Would could that happen in the near future? Do you think that's a realistic uh, goal for the league? Um, definitely in the future. I don't think in the near future. Um, you need player numbers to be able to expand uh, the league in its present format. If it was run in winter, potentially could see Dunedin and Queenstown uh, split. Um, there is kind of has the numbers there, but there's still not a huge amount of numbers. It still would take a couple of years to develop a few more numbers. Um, Christchurch has a three-team local league, as does Dunedin. So Christchurch, um, you know, there's reasonably good numbers there, and a lot of good numbers coming through in their younger junior ages. Wellington, obviously, uh, they're coming down to the tournament, and we're running in Dunedin shortly. So it's really good to have a girls' team coming out of there, and hopefully they'll um, develop into the National League in the future. But the biggest region has the least amount of female numbers, being Auckland. Okay. So I would say that that needs to be a focus area, uh, perhaps for Auckland to be looking at um, why they don't have a league in their own region, and you know, really should be a split in Auckland. Yeah. But that's that's a long-standing issue, I guess. Yeah. It's contentious, I'm sure, and we'll cause some comments. But oh, in, my belief, in my belief, if you've got a league, we have a women's league in Dunedin of three teams. We're hoping to go to four teams this year. Uh, Queenstown has two teams. Uh, Christchurch has three, a three-league team, but our biggest region and numbers-wise doesn't have a women's league, and I think that's something they should be pushing to, to get. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, I mean, there is a lot of talent coming out of Auckland as well, so um, as with all the other regions. So, I mean, I'm all for that development. I've, I'm really excited to see how far uh, women's hockey is already gone uh, in New Zealand and how far it will go in the future. Um, and I definitely would love to have you back on uh, in the future to talk more about the uh, early years of the women's game in New Zealand. But I want to quickly end it by talking about the Challenge Cup of uh, Asia coming up. It's just a month away. So how are preparations shaping up for you and the women's under-18 team? Um, pretty good. We um, had a camp back in was it, October, which was a national women's camp open to, to all girls. Um, we had most of our under-18s attend that. Um, that's where we... Um, pretty much picked the team from. Um, we've obviously, they've all been, most of them playing over the summer National League. We have been doing myself and Michelle Cox, the assistant coach, do a lot of uh, work via Facebook, via setting homework for them on Facebook where they have to come back and uh, understand plays and ask questions and watch videos um, purely because it's, it's just too expensive to get everyone together for a camp. So we do a lot of stuff via Facebook. Uh, Zach Nothling, our trainer, does all the fitness stuff via Facebook with them and they have to report in uh, regularly to him. And um, we also fitness test them um, pretty much every month. We get the testing in from each each of the girls to see where they're at. So we've got a camp coming up before we go in Auckland and hopefully um, you'll be able to put a lot of that homework uh, and ideas into practice on the ice and moving towards the Challenge Cup a few days later. I love that you said it homework via Facebook. Yep. <laughs> That's great. It's great. Yeah. Just got one due at the moment. So if any of them are listening, they need to do the homework. <laughs> but um, yeah, just things like we did um, break, breakouts, we've done offensive zone entry, uh, defensive zone coverage, 
So that's three of the, the sessions that we ran, and that's a bit of like a PowerPoint, a little bit of uh, information that they read, and then a video to watch sort of uh, live in action, and then they answer some questions and send that to us. Nice. Now, so. the, uh, the under-18s have done, they've done really well uh, to this day, you know, since joining the Challenge Cup. Uh, runners-up last year, winners the year before that. Uh, I was I was thinking about this earlier. If your team wins again this time around, do you think it's possible, you know, for New Zealand to push for a place in the, like, 2020 under-18 world champ? Yeah, that's uh, – I would love to. And that is, that is, uh, that is certainly one of our goals. Um, it is a federation decision. So we're um, currently in the process of doing a bit of survey throughout the age group and the players and parents to see if that's also something that aligns with um, – parents and players as well as the federation but yeah i mean that's certainly a dream of mine for the team to be competing at that level in that tournament that was really great to have uh both kelly and angelique on the show this week it'll be exciting to see whether they can back up that championship with another next year but speaking of women's hockey the new zealand ice ferns they're about to head off overseas for their whf world champs campaign and uh, we've got head coach Rachel Park on the podcast in a couple of weeks, so keep an ear out for that. And during the tournament, we'll be working hard to bring you game highlights as per usual, uh, although that is dependent on the live stream situation over in Romania. Hopefully it is uh, better than what the New Zealand under-20s had. Um, we were only able to bring you game highlights for one of those games, but uh, unless you're a hardcore fan and you're getting up in the middle of the night, their game time's aren't that favourable for uh, New Zealand fans. So we'll be hustling to bring you as much coverage as possible so you can keep up with how the ferns are doing over there. But that's us for this week. Thanks for listening. And if you haven't already, please subscribe on whatever platform you use for streaming podcasts. Uh, We're pretty much everywhere now, including Spotify. So we'll see you guys next week. Park Yeah, it's New Zealand's home for hockey. Subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or with your favorite podcast app for the latest episodes. Follow the team on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at PuckYearNZ. And for your fix of hockey news, go to PuckYear.NZ.